Bidzy Small Business Society number 63. You're listening to Bidzy Small Business Society. I'm Rob Barisoff. We talk to small business owners about what makes their small business successful. Connect with Bidzy Small Business Society at bidzy.com and grow your business. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers post projects for free in any of over 100 categories, including all types of home renovation, landscaping, cleaning services, photography, and many, many more. Now, if you're a business, Bidzy.com is a great way to find new customers because you are automatically notified each time a customer posts a project in your subscribed categories. So for example, let's say you own a roofing company and a customer posts a project in our roofing category. You are automatically notified via email or text and you can submit a bid at bidzy.com or use our internal chat system to introduce yourself to the customer and give them reasons why they should use you to complete their project. Monthly subscriptions start at $14.99. That's $14.99 per month for unlimited access to new customers and unlimited bidding at bidzy.com. Email rob at bidzy.com for more details or start your 30-day free trial now at bidzy.com. Welcome everyone to another episode of Bidzy Small Business Society. Today I am talking to Jay Myers. Jay is the founder and CEO of Interactive Solutions, Inc., which is a Memphis-based firm that specializes in video conferencing, distance learning, telemedicine, and audio-visual sales support. Jay has built ISI into a $25 million company with 51 employees. Jay is also the author of two books. One is called Keep Swinging, which is a guide to overcoming adversity and achieving small business success. You're in the right place. And uh, most recently, he has a book called Hitting the Curveballs, which explains how crisis can actually uh, strengthen and grow your business. Both of those books are available on Amazon. So, Welcome, Jay. So glad you could join us today. Can you first tell us a little bit more about yourself, then about what it is that you do? Sure, Rob. Well, first off, I appreciate being on the show. And uh, so what we do at Interactive Solutions uh, is primarily video conferencing, distance learning, and telemedicine. Uh, business started, we just celebrated our 20th anniversary last month. And wow, so congrats. We're excited. congrats. Thank you. Yeah. And so Rob, I'm sure you know and your your listeners that small business to, to make it to five years is a big deal and ten and then gosh when to make it to twenty years is just has um, been just overwhelmingly uh, uh, exciting and just uh, very grateful by the way for for being able to to make this venture work. I think Rob that one of the things in building my business is it's made it so uh, I guess special is the fact that we've had to overcome a lot of adversity to, to get to where we are. We're in some really cool technology. We sell a lot of distance learning to schools and colleges and universities so teachers can offer specialized courses you know, to students hundreds of miles away. We have telemedicine where the doctors can diagnose patients and, and, and treat them uh, hundreds of miles away for ear, nose, throat, heart, dermatology, you name it. There, there's that uh, really neat technology and, and leading edge things that we've been in. and. You know, that's sort of the backdrop for the business. Um, but the thing that has been, I think, most rewarding, I guess is the best word I can think of here, 
It's been the fact that, yeah, you know, $20, $25 million company is wonderful, uh, a bunch of employees and everything, and great people, great team. But, again, the path to get to where we have been 20 years later has not been easy. And that's really why I wrote the book, honestly, to to share some stories. You know, I'm not some journalism with or whatever. I just (laughs) wrote them, frankly, to to try to help uh, small business owners, such as your listeners, to to help them through some of the the tough days that are – out there for all of us. Wow, everybody, you're in the right place. He is using our vernacular. He is giving you the blueprints for small business success. So, Jay, talk about some of those adversities. What sort of challenges did he overcome? Like you said, you had some some adversities. Talk about, you know, launching in the first year, the second, the fifth, the tenth, and, you know, talk about some of your challenges today. Well, Rob, how long is this show again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we may... Yeah. We may get into some things. <laughs> get in there, man. Yep. Well, so uh, the interesting thing, I'm sure your listeners out there are thinking that, you know, how I got started, maybe like um, like Hewlett Packard out of a garage or some had an epiphany and decided to get into video conferencing. Actually, what happened was I had been working for a telecom company from about 1990 to 1995 uh, as a data products manager. Prior to that, I had corporate experience with Hewlett Packard, Eastman Kodak, et cetera, and sales awards and all that good stuff. But I got a chance to, for the first time in my career at that point, work for a smaller company, and uh, a great experience. I got a chance, Rob, to do something that I I hope your listeners have the ability to do at some point in their careers. I I had the uh, opportunity to be an entrepreneur and build a business within a business, and took it from 1990, I think we did maybe $50,000 in sales, to five years later, over $5 million. And it, and a great, just a wonderful ride and learned so much about how to run a, a business and, and learned a lot about margins and, and overhead and, you know, cost of sales and just all kinds of different things. So invaluable. Give us, you know, two or three actionable pieces of uh, content that somebody could sort of use that you learned with that exact experience. Sure. You know, so before you start, want to start your own business, work for somebody else. And preferably work for somebody else in an area that you have interest in, in pursuing as your own uh, uh, as your own business in the future. And I, I guess this is kind of a stupid lesson, but I'll say it anyway. Listen more than talk. Listen. So anyway, after the five plus years of experience in this telecom company, as fate would have it, I got uh, fired from that company on my 39th birthday. And uh, a funny little story about that, which it wasn't a funny experience, but the um, I remember being at a public place in the restaurant. They, the, my boss comes in there. I thought he was buying me lunch for my birthday. And, of course, he, he lowers the boom on me. I leave there, and I'm, I'm very – I'm shook. I mean, I, I'm humiliated. I mean, any of your listeners out there, it's not a fun experience. I'm Even 20-plus years later, I don't laugh about it that much. But, but here's what happened, though, on a little bit of a humorous spot. I, I drive home. I had no office to go back to, and uh, – pull up in, in front of the mailbox, uh, you know, just to see what's in there, birthday cards. Again, I, my 39th birthday. Pull out the top envelope and, and look at the card, and, and it was a birthday card signed by the guy that just fired me. And I'm going like, are you kidding me? This is like insult on injury. But anyway, you know, so uh, I, this was right before Christmas of 95. I ended up having uh, – it was a tough holiday season – but I, I thought about working for some other people in the video conferencing space, but it just never seemed to, I, I never even did a resume. I, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And I remember 
I, I don't know, a month or so uh, into the, or six weeks when I was running out of severance, I, uh, my wife's asking about the interviews and I just looked at her, I said, honey, I, I can't do this anymore. I made mean, this interview other people working for them and all. And I said, I think I want to start my own thing. And she looked at me and she just kind of took a deep breath and she said, you know, I figured this would happen. You're one of those kind of guys. Um, and she, she just kind of looked at me and she says, I believe in you. Let's go. Another little tidbit for your listeners out there. You want to go in your own business. You're married or significant other. Man, you got to have your spouse or significant other in your corner. You, you, you have to have that support at home. I, I'm just telling you. That's been vital to me through the years. I agree. I have that support, that exact support. So take us back. You know, it's 1996. Uh, what's happening with video conferencing? Obviously, that landscape looks a lot different than it does today. What uh, what sort of opportunities did you seize? Well, Rob, you may, you're probably too young to remember this, but back <laughs> in 96, they, uh, they had the Telecom Act and everything that was kind of turning all these different uh, phone companies upside down and local exchanges and all this. So the big companies that were selling video conferencing, whether it be in those days, MCI and AT&T and Lucent and whoever, they were selling it as part of a you know, value-added kind of thing with their product line. But uh, the problem was they weren't very focused on it. They were focused on the mainstream telecom business. And, Rob, I had a very simple business strategy because I'm not very smart. So I just <laughs> thought if those big guys are distracted – with all these other telecom issues, maybe I can slide in as sort of a specialist in video conferencing and make make some hay, you know, make make something happen. And so, um, you know, we got in there. Uh, it was crazy. I mean, to, to get the business off the ground, let me just digress and tell you that I, I developed a six-page uh, business plan that included uh, hand uh, typing uh, on the pro forma, the entries to, to show the cash flow. And it was laughable. I remember going to banks and they were going like, Hey, dude, have you ever heard of Excel? And I looked at him, I said, oh, sure. I said, but my problem is I don't have a computer. <laughs> and after they fell out of their chair, I, they, they go, hey, let me see if I understand this right. You want to start a technology company without a computer? So the traditional banks didn't work. I ended up uh, throwing Hail Mary Pass to a uh, guy that I knew through Junior Achievement who introduced me to a company that invested in, you know, venture kind of things, private uh group at all. And I got funding in March of 96 uh, to get the business started. And in fact, March the 11th. So uh, we literally celebrate our 20th anniversary, by the way, I'll digress that for a second again, literally on the exact day that I started my first day on my business. So that was kind of fun. Um, but it was difficult, Rob, I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, so that that funding that I just told you about where they committed for basically a quarter of a million dollars, they came up a little shy of that. Their funding lasted three months, and it was $70,000. And and I had taken on an, a, a partner at that point, an, uh, an engineering guy, to help me with the technical support. And I had a part-time admin. They they said uh, they uh, the, the investors just didn't feel like the technology was moving fast enough. They just it wasn't kind of in their their wheelhouse. So they, you know, really just said, uh, you know, you're going to have to buy us out because we're out of here. I thought it was venture money, so I thought it was free of charge. But I found out that, well, they had they had the ownership of sixty five percent of the business. I had seventeen and a half, or had seventy. So, long story short, my partner and I got together, and with the help of his dad, the bank uh, he lived up in Kentucky with his bank in Kentucky, we bought him out. I went from seventeen and a half percent to at that point fifty percent uh, of a business that wasn't worth anything, <laughs> really. 
you know, we were just getting started. Zero times uh, zero is still zero. <laughs> oh, the, the, Rob, the first year was brutal. So we had to deal with that. It was like, you know, how bad do you want this? I mean, because it, it, it was an easily a bailout time. I just thought that, you know what, I'd work for all these other people. I've got to give this a go. We haven't been in it long enough to figure it out. So we plowed forward. And then I guess it was a couple months later, September of 96, just when we had gotten a big order, started to kind of look like we got some traction. Uh, I got diagnosed with melanoma. And so I had to go through the surgery, skin grafts, all that stuff. Very frightening experience. Yeah, that's wow. And it was, it was horrible. And, and frankly, I thought, I wrote about this and keep swinging. I thought that I would never live long enough to see my dream come true. I mean, it just it's that simple. I mean, I was, I mean, my parents were right, uh, lighting candles in the church and doing all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was tough. But we got through it with God's help and, and a lot of prayer. Um, the, the health care thing resolved itself. But then as fate would have it at the end of the year, I went through my first experience with uh, theft when a supplier stole almost $15,000 from us. Oh, no. So, Rob, <laughs> Rob, you got to, yeah, I know this sounds like it's a horror story, but l let me say this. Th you know, you want to know gut check and entrepreneurship? You want to know what gut check? I I'll define it for you in my world. At the end of 96, after having paid off the investors and deal with this theft, you know, we probably had, I think our loan was $125,000. So you do the math. We had probably thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000, whatever it was, to run the company for, for the whole future. That was it. So you, you talk about bootstrapping it. It was tough. But, uh, yeah, the thing, things got better. And um, it, it uh, so the other part of the story, I guess, to kind of complete the thought there was uh, we started to grow the business significantly the next year. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to sales in sales to over a million. And it looked like, you know, we're turning the corner. Well, my uh, technical support, my partner was up in Kentucky, and I just had this idea that, you know, if we were just closer together, not having multiple expenses on office and cell phones and gas and all that stuff, we could be together. We could, we could really not just survive, but thrive as a business. And I really thought it just was a logical thing to do that he would go for because I thought he was in, you know, as much as I was. And I found out, you know, sadly, he wasn't. And he's a great guy. I'll say that to this day. One of the smartest people I've ever met. But he just didn't want to make that, that leap. And I, I, I understood. He had a family up there and all that. But that wasn't working for me. So I ended up buying him out uh, in the first quarter of 1998. And I, here's another tip for your listeners. If you ever have a partner in your business, you need to have, before that, a buy-sell agreement. I'm Catholic, okay? Prenup, you know, that kind of thing. So in Catholic, you don't get that kind of option, but, <laughs> but I'll say this, you know, that's what you need in business to make sure, because what ended up happening to us, we split up and it was, it was ugly. It was personal and it just, uh, it, it, it was a mess. But so that's, uh, that, that's the way that happened. But there were some, some really neat things that happened after that, I'm, that I'm sure we could talk about, uh, from 98 going forward. Absolutely. Like, what a story of grits. What a story of resilience. I mean, you talk about that real gut check that is just the true essence of entrepreneurship. So, you know, we uh, we don't want to give up, give too much away here, Jay. You still got to give people uh, reason to buy your books, right? So You bet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let, let's get into it. So you talked about some of the businesses who weren't really focused 
in the video conferencing game. So you decided to sort of, sort of narrow down and niche down into sort of telemedicine. So is this sort of geared towards people without cash or without access or what, what's the benefit to some of those services that you're providing? Uh, good question, everything. So in 1998, when I made the, uh, the partnership uh, buyout happen, it, it uh, coincided with our first opportunity to be able to implement uh, telemedicine uh, for a pediatric cardiology application. So I'm here, I'm here in Memphis and that we have a renowned hospital here, part of the Miracle Network called Labonner Children's Hospital. Uh, they have pediatric cardiologists there at Labonner, uh, but an adjoining hospital actually about 100 plus miles away at North Mississippi Medical in Tupelo, Mississippi, um, did not have any pediatric cardiologist. And so the babies that had heart problems that you can well imagine, you know, pediatric, that's a, that's a real gut check, tough thing for parents to have to deal with. Rough, man, yeah. Prior to our technology coming in, what they would do was that if they had a problem with a, a baby down at Tupelo, they would literally just basically film uh, uh, send the film and whatever of uh, the uh, videotape of the uh, the echoes and whatever else they can come up with and, and drive it to Memphis, have the uh, pediatric cardiologist, a specialist, pop it in the VCR <laughs> in Memphis, and then they would have a phone conversation back with the, the parents. Can you imagine the anxiety yeah. of driving yeah, hours tough. away? So it's terrible. So here's very simply what we did. We put the technology in place to where the specialist from Memphis could be linked up to the parents and the baby in Tupelo. And so the specialist could see the echoes on one monitor and the baby and the parents in the other, make the diagnosis, alleviate the stress. And, you know, it just was a wonderful thing. And, you know, in the cases of that situation that, you know, if there was some immediate need, they could have immediate transport to Memphis. But if it was something obviously could be treated, you know, that, that would be disclosed as well. But it was just, I remember looking at the, the, the look on the parents' faces when we first put it in. It was like, I think I'm on to something. I, I think this is going to be uh, something that's going to be an opportunity. So, Rob, from that day, we resold, I think, that equipment for both locations. It's about $50,000. I'll just tell you, from 1998 to, I think it was 2011, we grew that from 50000 to almost $12 million. And... Just an astounding growth, but so why do people buy? You asked about whether they are these cash-strapped people. Whatever. So, so here's the thing: in the case of, of several of these locations that we've sold to, they, they they are teaching hospitals, and many times they have a, a, a rural uh, healthcare initiative that they providing support for these to these people in these small uh, cities and towns. So, in many cases, the teaching hospitals are applying for grants to get money to to fund these. But and that happened for a number of years, and so in uh, North Mississippi, that one location, Tupelo, became 25 other ones in the state that added to 25 to 100 in, in Louisiana as a part of a consortium. So they all connected together, kind of like Doctors Without Borders. But here's the thing that you, your listeners may be intrigued by: is that, you know, why? I mean, is there enough of that out there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a ton of people that don't go to the doctor on a regular basis because it's either too hard to get off work. Too far of a drive, scared of the doctor, you name it, a million reasons. So there's a tremendous amount of population today that's underserved, and it has been since we started uh, this back in '98. And uh, we've expanded a lot of what we're doing. We used to 
course, pediatric cardiology and echoes and those sort of things and uh, uh, stethoscopes were, were one part of it. But then as we moved along, we do ear, nose, throat. We've been able to uh, diagnose a perforated eardrum from 500 miles away. Wow. Crazy. We've been able to diagnose, you know, and do some with our general exam cams. This is near and dear to my heart. We've been able to to diagnose melanoma um, before it gets problematic. And, and so some of these lesions and, and moles and suspicious stuff, we've been able to pick up off our, our, uh, our XSV, our uh, telemedicine system. Uh, we've been diagnosed. I remember one guy that was on the consult with a guy who was having stroke-like symptoms. We linked him up to our uh, equipment in Little Rock, and it was a small town in Arkansas this guy was at. The doctor got it to him early enough that he's able to uh, prescribe the TPA drug. And this guy, who was in a life-threatening situation, went from life-threatening to having the prescription given to him in time to when he goes to, to get that filled and everything, takes it, and, you know, he's back at work two days later. Crazy, crazy stuff. So, Jay, help us understand. So your customer isn't necessarily the patient, right? That's correct. So... What it basically does is multiply the doctor's effort. Rob, there's a lot of these folks out there. I mean, we, we've done so many different applications. As an example, in East Tennessee, there's a shortage of OB doctors. Um, and you know what? Here's the thing. East Tennessee is like a lot of places in this country. Babies are still being born. <laughs> but there's not enough doctors to support them. So telemedicine, we're able to reach out to the, the, to the new mothers and whatever to be able to deal with some of the OB issues. Um, it's, it's very gratifying. We've actually also hooked it up in, in tele-emergency situations. We were able to uh, treat a gunshot victim down in Mississippi uh, several years ago and, and got to him in time to be able to button down what was going on, put him uh, in a helicopter and get him to the, the specialist in time to save his life. So really some very, you know, the money's been great, Rob, but the, the absolutely, the gratification uh, of having uh, technology that helps and improve people's lives, that's that's off the charts. It's, it's wonderful gratification. I think about a patient has a problem in the area of pediatric cardiology. Like, you know, if you have an emergency situation, it's you're not necessarily interested in getting in your car and uh, stepping on the gas and driving 100 miles. Like, you need some answers, and I think that you are, to some degree, providing that solution. And as a result of that solution and that value that you're bringing, just a byproduct of that is you, you growing your business and being able to make a good living, right? You bet. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been the best of both worlds. Jay, let's switch gears a tiny bit. So you're writing and you're speaking. What are some of the other methods that you're using to really connect with and, and grow your audience? Besides video, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think that in, in terms of, of broadening the audience, yes, I do a lot of, I guess you want to call them, lectures or presentations at colleges and universities and things for a lot of reasons, Rob. I mean, one of which is the fact that I, have, I feel incredibly grateful to been able to build a business that's been around for 20 years. I mean, hey, for your listeners out there, I'm not a smart guy. I made C's in college. Too proud <laughs> uh, 2.34 uh, graduate of the University of Memphis, but uh, I, I did pay my way through school, got out of school debt-free, all those kind of things. But um, so, you know, there's a, there's a number of things we do to promote the business. And then I call what I do with the speaking in the books is sort of my entrepreneurial initiative and, and, and the kind of the big give back because I just feel it's important as a business for you to do that in whatever form that, that, that uh, people want to do. But 
you could donate uh, money and goods and whatever services and things, but then we do that too. Um, but, but I think it's all part of kind of a, a broader picture for me of kind of creating a legacy uh, that, that's more than just making money, that's making not, not, not just to be successful, but to be significant. Yeah. And so anyway, what I do with the books and things, you asked the question was, you know, I use that as to put the company on a, in my opinion, a much larger platform that's more nationwide, not restricted to the Southeast, that gives people that otherwise wouldn't know about us, uh, that gives the, these people a chance to, to, to find out not just who we are, but how we're made. And, you know, for your listeners out there, my books, and I've got both books, you know, a traditional thing on Amazon. And I also have the second book, Hitting the Curveballs. Rob, I'd love to send you the audio version because we're doing a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, we love audio. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm particularly proud of uh, Hitting the Curveballs audio version because it's narrated by my son, Jordan. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I think he did a great job. But um, these books are, are not about how to. These are more telling stories that are hopefully uh, talking about mistakes I made and that, you know, here's what I would have done, you know, whatever after that. But it's not one of these uh, academic exercises. This lays out all the emotional aspects of owning your own business. So many people gloss over that, but it is an emotional experience. It's a ride. And you got to understand that. And you're going to run into a lot of obstacles. And I think in our case, we were able to with a lot of help from and hard work from my employees, uh, my friends, prayer, we got through a lot of uh, difficult circumstances. But uh, so back to it, I mean, I try to use the books as a platform to tell more people about my business. The traditional things we do, just so you know, we do tr trade conferences and not big ones, but typically ones that are very uh, focused, like uh, as an example, the American Telemedicine Association has a conference every year. We we uh, attend that regularly and, and support that. And then we'll do like some of these very specific types of uh, uh, seminars and, and, and different uh, uh, type of presentations. You know, last summer, I remember working with Microsoft to, to kind of uh, partner up to do a, uh, a collaboration type of uh, session for our customers. So we promote it. We're kind of, I guess, almost like marketing. We don't go crazy, but I think it's uh, it's been really effective. Good. So, you know, it sounds like in the books, you're not necessarily painting in those broad brushstrokes. You're giving some real world actionable advice. Is that right? That's exactly right. And, you know, it's interesting, uh, Rob, in, in June, I'm going to be in Las Vegas to speak at a global fraud conference. <laughs> and oh, these wow. are speaking from of, experience, maybe. Is that right, sir? You betcha. Because yeah. that may be something we're going to talk about here in a minute. But uh, I'm relating this experience I had with employee theft, but you know the interesting thing is this is a thousand over a thousand people worldwide that when I get through, I'm actually doing two sessions. They're going to know a lot about my business and the emotional aspects of it. It's not the fun part when when an employee years uh, steals from you. That's not a fun story. Oh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> but we relate that as part of my whole initiative to give back and to. Uh, you know, frankly, to support other small business owners that, you know, should this happen to you, uh, let's try to prevent it, number one. But number two, if it happens to you, here's what we did about it. So, Jay, we're getting pretty in-depth on a lot of things. I want to lighten this up now and ask you a few questions so that our listeners can get to know you more on a personal level. Are you ready? Sure. Sure. What type of cell phone do you use? 
That's a great one. So I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell your uh, listeners an iPhone 5S. So it's an older phone. Hey, that thing works great. That thing's a tank. Uh, what type of car do you drive? Uh, that's a, a great question. I'm, I'm proud to tell you I have a 2007 uh, Lexus uh, SC430. So it's a little sports coupe. It's, it's a great little car. It's been very uh, fun to drive. Do you have a favorite vacation spot? Oh, I do. I wish I could go there more often. Lake Como in Italy. Italy. I hear that all the time from my guests. Crazy. Well, so there's Italy, and then there's Lake Como, uh, Rob. So Lake Como is, uh, I think George Clooney's got a house there. So does uh, Sir Richard Branson. It is, you have the backdrop, you have the Italian and Swiss Alps surrounding the lake. It's breathtaking. Unreal, huh? Uh, do you have a favorite food? I like a lot of seafood, so I really like scallops, shrimp, that kind of stuff. Are you reading a specific book right now? Uh, I am, uh, but I you uh, may want to know, I'm a, I'm a Civil War buff. So okay. um, my favorite book was written by a guy named Jeff Shara. It's called Gods and Generals. And um, it's really an interesting read where he kind of uh, personalizes uh, stories about Stonewall Jackson, Robert E. Lee, and it, it's he, he's a very gifted writer. Do you have a favorite podcast? Well, beyond this show, right, Rob? <laughs> uh, I think you and I both are fans of Entrepreneur on Fire. Oh, absolutely. John Love JLD stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he's a lot of energy. He's a lot of fun. Now, Jay, what do you do to wind down after a long or stressful day? Give our listeners an idea of what that looks like for you. Well, I, I appreciate the question. I think that's very important to entrepreneurs. Yeah, you know, absolutely. We're busy, busy, and get kind of uh, spooled up all day and all those kind of things. So I have had a membership at the local YMCA for about 15 or 16 years. And I work out, whether it be lifting weights or treadmill or other equipment, probably five days a week. Um, in addition to that, I'm also, as you can imagine, uh, Rob, with the titles of the books, I'm a crazy baseball fan. Yeah, and, and Absolutely. Yeah, some of that so, imagery and uh, the titles, of course. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So part of... Um, what I do, I don't do it every year, but I do it every few years as I will uh, be a part of the New York Yankees fantasy camps down in Tampa. And this is not sitting on a computer playing baseball or whatever. This is putting on the Yankees uniform and uh, literally playing four double headers in a, in a two inning game. Kind of they call it the dream game, but nine baseball games with uh, the retired pros oh, and wow. during the week. It's crazy. During the week, there are coaches, and then on Saturday, there are opponents. And I have absolutely had a ball. I've met some of the most interesting people, uh, had uh, a lot of just neat experiences, got some nice hits, uh, made some goofy errors, but, you know, just all a lot of fun and, and enjoying the game that I've loved since I was a little boy. Yeah, I was just going to say, just bringing out the childhood uh, enthusiasm in Jay Myers, right? <laughs> Rob, I got to tell you, it, it, my wife will kid about you. She said, when you start talking about fantasy camp, you smile, your <laughs> face lights up. It's like you're 12 years old again. Man, if you could just somehow get those fantasy camps, uh, you know, in, intertwined and weaved into your business, man, you'd be living the absolute dream. So, Well, let me tell you something, Rob. Uh, just real quick, if you, you read these two books of mine, you'll see stories about the fantasy camp in both of them. And in fact, hitting the curveballs, it, it, uh, I won't spoil the story, but there's, I think, a a fun story about uh, the fantasy camp I did at the old Yankee Stadium before they tore it down, the, the stadium that Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth and all those guys played in that was absolutely one of the most surreal experiences of my life. So, Jay, 
what is that one thing you want to share with our listeners about overcoming adversity, embracing those challenges, and succeeding as a small business owner like you have? Well, I think that suffice to say resilience, perseverance, whatever you want to call it, is the key. I, I think for your listeners out there, their ability to overcome uh, adversity, challenges, et cetera, will be the difference between success and something less than that because you're going to have challenges and things. I've been through, you heard all this stuff for the first year. What you didn't hear about was the employee embezzlement that I had of over a quarter million dollars that we had to deal with. And I also, and then a, several years after that, lost 80% of my sales team, had to rebuild the company uh, right before the Great Recession. All this stuff is in the books, but it was just the ability to, to bounce back, to be able to respond to the challenges. Frankly, by dealing with them, and I've, I've had a lot of help and great uh, employees and things, it's made us a better business. Um, but for your listeners out there, it's I, I know, I, I still work day to day in my business, every day, coming in here, and it, it's, it can be a grind, but dealing with the challenges, taking and making something positive out of something negative, that's the key. That's I think that's the reason why we're still here. Sure, and I think people innately have this ability. We all have this ability to dig as deep as we need to go, right? I, I think, uh, I'm not going to say we all do. I think some of us do, and I think those, sure. that that's uh, maybe smaller percentage. I'm not saying I'm anything special. Rob, i got to be honest. If you had to sit there and ask me 20 years later, if you listed all this stuff you'd have to deal with, did I think back in 96 I could have dealt with all this stuff? I, I doubt it, but you know what? It, it wasn't an option uh, to hear all that stuff then. And, and then even now to look back, it's like you, you deal with what's in front of you. But I, I will say that some of these experiences have been an incredibly uh, difficult. But uh, I know I'm a stronger person because of it. My family's stronger. My employees are stronger. And there is a benefit to adversity. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess, you know, to sort of rephrase it, I think that um, a lot of us can dig deeper than we, we think we can go. Maybe it's not unlimited, but I think we can go a lot further than than we give ourselves credit for now. Jay, what does the future look like for your business? Well, I think it's going to continue to be challenging. It's We've had uh, some, some interesting and uh, uh, difficult situations, frankly, in our industry. A lot of, not a lot of a rapid growth, some incremental. But we believe the path for us to continue as a profitable business, which we've been ever since the, the startup year, uh, year two, that uh, we believe healthcare, the telemedicine is going to continue to grow, and other aspects of it that we're going to be doing, uh, integrating with other systems and EMR and this kind of uh, technology. We think that. You know what? There's going to be more healthcare needs as baby boomers are retiring and moving to the you know the rural areas. We think that's a big uh, opportunity for us to continue to to kind of build on our momentum we've had for a long time. And then the other part is services, Rob. So is where people are not buying a lot of necessarily a, a lot of the new equipment. We're supporting some of the uh, the older equipment, and we're actually doing some creative things to. Uh, eliminate some of the uh, support services that uh, some of these corporations are using their IT staff for. So healthcare and services is our future. Yep. I think uh, a big, important market as well. So uh, if yes. people want to learn more, Jay, how can they connect? Well, I have a website for me, the books and all that stuff. It's uh, Jay Myers, J-A-Y-M-Y-E-R-S-C-E-O.com. So all one string there.com, Jay Myers, CEO.com. Uh, happy if somebody wants to email me, my email address is j 
uh, Myers, uh, letter J, M-Y-E-R-S, at ISITN.com. And uh, ISITN, like Tennessee.com, is actually my company website. All right, perfect, Jay. I appreciate your time. Thank you for being so generous with us today and joining us on Bidzy Small Business Society. You take care, man. Appreciate it, Rob. Thank you. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. Customers, if you're looking for a service provider or a local professional, go to Bidzy.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, if you're looking for new customers or a way to expand your customer base, sign up for your 30-day free trial today at Bidzy.com. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. Go to Bidzy.com for information and resources on how you can grow your business. Support Bidzy Small Business Society by writing a review and giving us a five-star rating in iTunes. Your positive review and five-star rating will allow us to continue bringing you free, valuable content from amazing and inspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners. Rate and review Bidzy Small Business Society today.